0: Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Soon City, California, open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront
2: Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey
0: everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 17. Today we have sort of a special, I guess we would say, what we're recording we're gonna be not. We're gonna still be reviewing a movie. We're doing Black Panther, which uh, just was released, and we also are gonna be going over our Oscar predictions for the winners for 2018. Because with the way that we have our podcast set up, um, we our next one will be after the Oscars, so we'll have a um, kind of a results show for that one. But this is uh, all three of our predictions on everything and how we think it's gonna go. Um, so, we'll yeah. see which one of us is the most wrong, out of the three. Yeah, one of us will fail. Oh, actually, two of us will fail, because the way we're doing it here, we're doing something like a Oscar Bowling ballot, I'd say, bill, Right. So there's 24 categories. The way that we're gonna do it, we're gonna rank them from 24 down all the way to one. So it's uh, 24, 23, 22, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. The way it works is you award the most points to the category that you think's going to definitely win.
2: The one that you bet all the chips on. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> going all in on this one. Which sometimes can backfire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially last year. But um, <laughs> And then you score that, and then the winner of this one basically gets to assign a movie to each of the losers that they have to watch. And usually the way that we do this is these movies will not be fun to watch. It's one of those movies that you dread watching kind of thing. So it's yeah. not it's not a fun movie. <laughs> it's
1: more or less like a loser's punishment, so
0: yeah, to speak. Yeah, and we'll have a little mini little shindig on that on the following one by the next time. Uh, we'll post our what our picks official picks are with our numbering the night before on social media through our Twitter and Facebook accounts. Uh, and you guys can follow along. and um, You can join us and play along with us as well, too. Yeah, see how I, well you do or maybe you probably might do better.
2: You never yeah, know. You might put us all to shame.
1: Challenge the movie pals.
0: Yeah, so we're going to skip a couple categories that we're talking about today, only because uh, I believe between the three of us, I don't think any of us has seen. Yeah, it's difficult to
2: cities. see a lot of these and in, in locally, especially even in the area we're in. Uh, and those are the like short films animated, short
0: film live action, documentary short subject, something called foreign language film. Not sure what that one is. We're and, pretty uncultured here, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not in English, huh? And then, of course, uh, documentary feature, (laughs) because we've yet to review a documentary. Maybe that's that's something. Maybe we'll do that soon. Yeah. Kind of change things up a little bit. Yeah. Just thought about that. So without further ado, here is our official 2018 Oscar predictions. All right, so starting out here, we have visual effects. So the nominees for visual effects this year is Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet
2: of the Apes. Uh, Starting with the billiard, what do you think is going to win? So, for me, I believe that Blade Runner 2049 will win. Boom. Hands down, to be honest.
0: So, Marco, I think he said yes to that as well.
1: <laughs> no,
2: actually, uh, my vote
1: is uh, The Last Jedi.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no way. Just, no, just kidding. God, no, way. no, no, no. Go, go ahead, Nabil.
2: No, I mean, that's... I, I don't... From what's already on the list there, Blade Runner, just visually, that was the biggest appeal of that whole film. Just everything looked amazing. So I can't see any end of, th- of these films winning in that category. I agree as well. My pick for this one is Blade Runner 2049.
0: I think between all of them, the only one that might stand a chance as uh, a kind of a dark horse might be War for the Planet of the Apes, only because the last two movies have been snubbed. Academy Awards are often, wait till the last movie of a trilogy, a la uh, Lord true. of the Rings, <laughs> Two <laughs> start awarding films. So with this being the last of that trilogy, that I could see that out of nowhere getting it but my pick is uh blade runner 2049
1: and you were right james that is my pick as well blade runner 2049 it was it was just beautiful all the way around and i think it deserves to win but i also agree with you that a sort of upset win would be war for the planet of the apes which i would be okay with as well because thinking back on that movie it it was really great to uh, visually it was great, especially so, Annie
0: Circus's uh, motion capturing.
1: That's what I would think,
0: but like you said, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is way too beautiful of a movie with the visual effects, the cityscape. I think I keep thinking about. Um, yeah, that's the clear winner to me,
1: at least. And moving on to the next category, we have the nominees for film editing. And the nominees for this category are baby driver dunkirk i Tonya, the shape of water and three billboards outside ebbing missouri so let's switch it up here and start with you james what do you think is gonna win this category
0: uh for me for this one i cannot see any film but dunkirk winning this one um probably the best editing i've seen of any movie especially with pacing wise i know we talked about it in our top 10 uh, the cuts of this film going from action to action with the intercross of time periods and um, past, present, and then um, what's going on with the film itself mixed in with the cuts of the film going from the beach back to the ocean, I think are just absolutely fantastic. And I think the, that's why I think Dunkirk's going to win. Um
1: Good choice. All right. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What do you think's gonna grab this one? Exact same thing, Dunkirk as well. Damn, it's gonna be real <laughs> quick. Oh <Holy> shit! <laughs> well, uh, looks like uh, I have the first one against both of y'all because uh, I chose Baby Driver.
2: Oh, I, I, I it. wanted yeah. like
1: it. It was again. It was a close call between Dunkirk and Baby Driver, and I would say it's it for me. It would be a biased choice to choose dunkirk because i would want that one to win but baby driver also the editing over it the the movie is smooth as fuck it's it just It it flows very well and it's one of the things that made that movie so enjoyable um just from one scene to the next there there weren't any real jumps and jolts so that's primarily why it has my vote for it i just think of that movie and how well it blends and meshes every scene in together from the chase scene to all the music. It, it was just great all in all. So
2: that's my choice. Yeah. Next the category is production design. Our nominees for that is gonna be Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and A Shape of Water. So Marco, what was your uh, winner for that category?
1: I would have to say The Shape of Water, hands down, for this one. The Everything in that movie was just beautifully aesthetic. It just... Every, every piece of the set, every sequence was just so beautifully designed in that movie. Uh, Guillermo del Toro just has a great eye for that sort of stuff. Like, from all the movies I've seen, Pan's Labyrinth, the Hellboy movies, this. I just think that it's definitely... A movie that merits this award. So I can't see any other movie on this list. Well, I can, but (laughs) I think out of all, this one's uh, my top one. Shape of Water.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What about you, James?
0: Okay, so this one. You guys have trouble with this one? I had trouble with this one for some reason. I also chose Shape of Water. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think that will probably win production design,
1: but I can even see Blade Runner winning or Dunkirk too. See, yeah. yeah. Those, and those were biased uh, choices for me too because they were great. I mean, maybe they weren't biased because they those those movies did deserve it as well, like you're saying, James. So yeah,
2: yeah, I'm on the same page. I mean, I'm I also chose Shape of Water, but any one of those three could have could have uh, could win that uh, category. Because I could see, for instance, that like Dunkirk, uh,
0: they recreated the entire beach. Yeah. Um, and then Blade Runner, I the I know most of it was visual, probably with CG and such, but there's a lot of good production design value in that movie, man. So, um, ultimately I went with shape of water only because I liked the feel of every scene in there. I keep thinking about the theater scene for instance, Mm -hmm. and that kind of wins me over, but I feel like this one, my choice before the Saturday before might change on this one.
1: (laughs) But as of right now, it is the shape of water. Yeah. It was the underwater Scene that really made it easy for me. Yeah. That was just so that It was different. Gothic filtered. Yeah. And I, too. I also wanted to differentiate my choices too because otherwise I'd probably have the same movie for the first three <laughs> hey, choices. You
0: know, it,
2: sometimes it happens. Yeah. Some, some of them do sweep. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. <laughs> you, do, you know, because you think one way, Bill, uh, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> it's like, something. oh, never
0: mind. Should have just stuck to it. <laughs> awesome. So moving on, we have. Cinematography. And the nominees for this one are Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Uh, now, Bill, which one did you go with for uh, cinematography?
2: This one was harder for me to uh, pinpoint because just kind of similar to production design, there there was two specific ones that really outlined for me, which is Dunkirk and uh, Blade Runner 2049. Both have amazing views and just shots and long, a lot of long shots, just kind of show the landscape of the area that they're in and, and really takes a lot of attention to detail in there. But ultimately... Um, I chose Blade Runner twenty forty nine for this. I just think that the way the things were shot, the colors that they used um, to show each area was so different every time he was in someplace else uh, that any of the characters were set in. the The way they did with the um, the lighting of certain mm-hmm. a- areas, inside, outside, the cars, it, it just everything was visually appealing, and the cinematography yeah. helped a lot with that. It wasn't just the visual effects.
0: No, and I think that's with the, the director himself. is His last two films, uh, Blade Runner and Arrival, have done really well with the way that they're shot. He used the same um, cinematography for both films, so it definitely shows. It's yeah. really beautiful.
1: Um, what about you, Marco? What did you roll with for cinematography? This one was also very tough for me because I was looking at Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk. I just recently saw Mudbound and, of course, The Shape of Water. All of them really had great cinematography. I wanted to choose Blade Runner 2049 because that's the one I want to win. Hmm. Realistically looking at it though, I think that it's gonna be Dunkirk. It's damn yeah. Dude, <laughs> when you put an IMAX camera on the wing of a plane, that's pretty fucking epic. No, I'm not gonna it lie. Is. No, it's yeah. beautiful. It's it's very original and also has to do with my love of Christopher Nolan's work. Um I just love his movies. I love his work. His camera work is great. As much love as I have for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I just feel that Dunkirk is going to take this one.
0: I could see three different movies winning this. So.
2: <laughs> Controversial, <laughs> like you guys both said, yeah.
0: Because was like, man, Blade Runner. You have really good things about Blade Runner. Marco has hella good things about Dunkirk. And then truthfully, like Mudbound looks really good too. The cinematography on Mudbound's. Pretty well done, especially yeah. it's not the prettiest because the place is, um, the place is depicting is not a place you really want to be, but right? It, it does get that feeling over of it. I went with the shape of water actually, so all mm. three of us have different choices here. Oh,
1: that one's good too. Um,
0: only like you guys said, like the cinematography of the shots with um, the theater shot really for me is what got me. Yeah, it walks in the theater and comes in, it's like a monster movie. Um, the scene where they're in the water together, mm-hmm. um. It just mixes so well for me for this one. But I could easily see Dunkirk winning because of what you said, too, with the IMAX cameras, 70 millimeter film shots. Yeah. Uh, but I could see Blade Runner winning, too, because it's one of those movies that um, it's shot almost perfectly with the cinematography. So I'm kind of a toss-up. And once again, this might be another one that I change. But <laughs> i got to sit on it right. for
1: another two weeks. But I, for now, I'm going with Shape of Water. Good stuff. And our next topic is going to be costume design and the nominees for this one are beauty and the beast darkest hour phantom thread the shape of water and victoria and abdul and let's go with nabil what do you think is going to win this category
2: you know from the films that i saw over here um i honestly didn't see much competition for this category either for me it was phantom thread oh yeah um i mean the the, the guy is a dressmaker and they it's gotta they, win yeah right? they focus on that it isn't just like oh i'm a dressmaker like they focus on the, his ability and his skill the dresses are the beautiful detail. yeah his costume is is amazing the way he's dressed how they um set up each character around him like every everything is set up very specifically in the world that he's in, and um, it they all just look amazing. Um, if you take any way anything away from that film, it's it's that you can appreciate how how beautiful everything was put together. So I, I uh, th- there wasn't a competition here for me. It was Phantom Thread.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I wholeheartedly agree. I I can't see yeah. anyone else winning with Maybe Beauty and the Beast, only because of the costume design of that. It was really well done as well. Yeah, but Phantom Thread is about a dressmaker, so. The irony here is too much. Yeah, it's like It has to be this one, right? And I agree with Nabil. Um, they're very intricate designs on this film. Everything is done almost like to a perfection, uh, which is uh, mirroring the character himself about yeah. how he interacts with his work and everything. So uh, the clear winner for me would
1: be Phantom Thread. Okay. I guess I'm <laughs> the wild card again for this category. I chose The Shape of Water. I can see and that, though, too. I I can see what your guys' argument is for Phantom Thread, the fact that you know it has to do with actually designing clothes. But I also feel that's a little too on the nose. I don't know. Maybe it will win because of that, and the fact that Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor and really likes to study his roles, and that yeah. probably added more to the realism, and that will help that movie in this category but the shape of water also had really great costume design
0: it
2: did well the monster
1: too you have to remember yeah the monster design too is a costume so Mm -hmm. absolutely guillermo del toro is always good with that with any strange beings obviously from the history of his movies but even just the uh the clothes that everyone else is wearing i i can't speak to how authentic it was to the time but Fuck it, fooled me. So, I got <laughs> I got to go for uh, for this one, The Shape of Water. I will say though,
0: every film that usually wins this category is a um, Victorian era kind of true? English film. Almost for the last 15, 20 years, every category has been like that, and maybe that's why Phantom Thread or Beauty and the Beast are the closest to that. That's why I'm probably leaning toward it, but. Um, Well, fuck me.
1: I'm going to roll the dice on this one. No, no, I know. (laughs) All in. I'm scared. He's like,
0: 24 points. (laughs) Let's go.
2: The next category is makeup and hairstyling, the least nominated category in this uh, list, apparently. Um, And we have three nominees, The Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and Wonder. So, Marco, what did you uh, choose for makeup and hairstyling? I had to go darkest
1: hour for this one primarily because just looking at Gary Oldman uh portraying Winston Churchill I I mean I didn't even know it was him like it, you can't tell that it's him really Yeah. the fact that he also uh becomes the character in a movie whichever whatever the role is I think adds to that but he looked fucking spot on like Churchill and yeah. it it was Great work from the makeup and hairstyling team, so I I can't speak to the other two movies, although Wonder looked like it had really great makeup and costume uh, and hairstyling as well, but I have a bias towards Gary Oldman because I have a stronger history with his movies, so I'm going with Darkest Hour. Very nice. James,
0: yeah, um, I'm going darkest hour as well. I think the transformation of Gary Oldman to Winston Churchill, like Marco said, it's absolutely breathtaking because you can barely tell it's him. Yeah, um, he wore a ton of prosthetics, and I don't know if he gained weight or he had. A, I think a he had a little bit on. of both. Yeah, but man, he he like you, you know. I know you missed 45 minutes of it. Yeah, because he had to get popcorn for me, but
3: um, <laughs>
0: that's a whole different story for a different time. Hey, man, that's my biggest regret <laughs> of this entire Oscar film. Like, man, oh. it, did he leave? Um, but no, uh, he saw most of it, and I think uh, *Darkest Hour* is the one. Uh, I'm probably still check out Victorian Abdul and wonder eventually, but um, I can't say too much on those two. But. Um, yeah, Darkest Hour. Yeah, Looks like and it's clear
2: winner. I'm the same. For a guy who only saw f- the last 45 minutes of the film, when I saw Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill, I already knew I was like, wow, like, really what good. else? Yeah, what else yeah. can you say about the film outside of that? He's spot on at it. And I've seen other, and I'm sure we've all seen other iterations of uh, characters being. Uh, playing um or just playing winston churchill yeah i mean the crown is a good example of john lithgow and i still think gary oldman like just nailed it just how whatever that makeup and hairstyling team did they they found the perfect look for him and he and gary oldman was a perfect part or uh, actor for that part to kind of embody the character plus he's british so that accent is flawless oh, that
0: helps too i guess yeah
1: he he changes it up a bit but
0: uh, yeah it's really so, good was
2: mm-hmm. this the one you guys saw the luxe
1: yeah. Uh, that yep. explains the 40-minute popcorn <laughs> break yep. Then, Unfortunately. Once again, another
0: story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to go move into sound mixing. And just a little example to let everybody know what sound mixing is, because sound mixing, sound editing, a lot of people think it's the same thing. They're not. So sound mixing is basically overall soundscape of film. Everything mixed together. A certain level depended on the uh, director. Kind of how everything comes in together. Not just the like sound effects, for instance. Pew, pew. Um, yeah. So sound mixing. We have Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi.
2: Uh, Nabil, what did you uh, go with for sound mixing overall? So... For sound mixing, for me, it was Baby Driver, and I think that that's because of kind of what Marco had brought up earlier for um, film editing is that for sound mixing, the, the home, the the music was what was created, um, and the film scenes were built around that, and yeah. the director explicitly said that, and um, you could tell with how the track lists were set up was in a specific way. The race, the the racing scenes had specific songs um, to go with it, like. The guy, the character, is all about music, and I think the way they integrated music and and the setup of the whole film um, with that and the racing scenes and the kind of just um, language between or dialogue between the characters, like that, all fit really well together and served a purpose. And I think this category truly serves a Baby Driver for that.
1: I agree one hundred percent with the bill. Baby Driver for me, hands down. Like you said, the way that the movie moves, like a soundtrack. Even when Baby is walking down the street to the diner and he's dancing and walking along with the music, uh, everything is just mixed in so well. Every scene, uh, every sequence, I just can't see, well, yeah, I can't see other movies winning this, (laughs) but this one is definitely my top favorite for that. Um, I went with Dunkirk, actually, on this one. So I originally chose Baby
0: Driver, but I think I'm torn between the two. So yeah. I like baby drivers so much yeah dunkirk the reason i went with dunkirk here is because dunkirk is very little dialogue in this film and it is all sound that it mixes is. it through so mm-hmm. you have the constant uh, movement of the people running through the beach you have the gunfire going off you have um that goddamn ticking noise throughout the, the entire run. film yeah. mm-hmm. that is like a reminiscent of a clock and it's like you're out of time tick 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 and uh the sound of the engines of the planes mixed in with the guys talking over the radio and then the gunfire on top of that everything for me it mixed in a little better overall i think nolan is a master at doing that with his team yeah so uh that's why i went with uh dunkirk but i could i could easily see
1: this is the category where baby driver would win so Mm -hmm. good choice Yep. and moving on to our next category we have sound editing and real quick with sound editing Basically, these are sounds created by technicians, so essentially they are the sound effects of the movie. And the nominees for this category are Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. So let's start off with uh, you, James. What do you think is going to win this category?
0: I also went with Dunkirk on this one because I feel like sound effect wise, Dunkirk does it the best out of all these ones. Uh, The scene I keep thinking about is a scene where the young men are stuck in the boat that is sinking and the gunfire is coming through the bullet holes. And I think that was one of the best sounding scenes I'd seen all year for any film. Um, I think it was absolutely amazing. Um, I can once again see Baby Driver winning this too. uh, Because sound is that whole movie's kind of forte, I guess. Right. Right. um, I went with Dunkirk for this one as well. I feel like the sound editing plus the sound mixing of Dunkirk were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And that was my choice. So.
2: Good stuff.
1: Nabil, what about you?
2: Um, I, I'm kind of 50-50. I was uh, leaning towards Blade Runner. For a little bit uh, mostly because there's a lot of just original sounds there um mm-hmm. that you haven't heard of no that's really good um, too yeah. there's you know from the the cars from the guns shooting just from the landscape that they're in and uh the different little noises from um some of the machines there very very unique but i actually did end up going with dunkirk as well and um, for the same reasons that scene in the uh boat is a great example um some of the dog fights with tom hardy oh yeah, um, I forgot about that. yeah, yeah. it was amazing just and and that was like the big thing when I watched it in the theater, just sound, just those does like the bullets were right next to me, booming, so right, close, yeah. you know. So um I I think that Christopher Nolan did a great job like you said with the sound and it could go any anywhere with some of these, but um I'm I think Dunkirk really sold it on that.
1: I was torn with this category as well between Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049. Ultimately I went Blade Runner 2049 because it was original and because we hear sounds that aren't normally heard through in our real world uh everything from the fight sequences the gun sound effects Mm -hmm. um like nabil said the cars that scene where there's an aerial attack from satellite as well and there's explosions everywhere and there's a moment where the sound kind of fades because uh k is shell-shocked that was really intense just the panoramic shots With the sounds, mainly that was the score, but still everything in that from the ships, the guns, the sounds the characters made was just really great and impactful. However, Dunkirk also did the same with the daunting sound of the bombs as they were falling down and Mm -hmm. just made it. It made the sound of those bombs and the bullets a character in itself, like a monster in the background. Yeah. Which also added to that. So, this is a, car- a category that I may switch as we get closer to the actual Oscars because those two are Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049 are a close tie for me, but I'm going Blade Runner 2049 right now as a personal bias. Nice. The next
2: category is original song. And uh we have five nominations there. Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love, Call Me by Your Name. Remember Me, Coco, Stand Up for Something, Marshall, and This Is Me, the Greatest Showman. Uh, James, what did you choose for best original song? So it's down between
0: two on this one here. It's either gonna be Remember Me, Coco, or This Is Me the Greatest Showman. Um you can write that down. So um
1: <laughs> James going all twenty-four points
0: here. Shit, no. Remember Me is a fantastic song from Coco. It has a lot of meaning. It has um, a really good rhythm to it. There's three different versions of it, actually. I hope they actually show all three versions when they play it. If they play it during the uh, movie, I mean, the uh, Oscars, that'd be really cool. Um, Ultimately, I think This Is Me is going to win, Greatest Showman. It's swept every category leading up to this uh, awards show. It's a song that has a really good meaning of... uh, individual people and the rights and doesn't matter if you're uh uh gay straight bi or uh you are disfigured anything like that it's a it's the best message of the entire film so and like i said it swept everything leading up to it it's in the top 40 right it's charting right now Hmm. as an actual song in um overall on itunes and on billboards as well wow so um i'm gonna go with this is me
2: okay very good (laughs) what about you marco
1: uh, I gotta go with uh, "Remember Me," Coco, because it has uh, such a personal meaning as well. And like James was saying, there's various versions of it throughout the movie. Uh, it's it's very well written. It's beautifully sung, and it just it hits it hits home for me. That's why. Uh, however, I can see this is me winning because it reaches a broader audience. Yeah. And that will carry a lot of weight. And as James was also saying, that it's you know just tearing up the charts right now. Um, I could see it also you know dominating this
2: category. But I'm gonna stick to my guns and go with "Remember Me," Coco. Uh, I'm on the same page with you, Marco. I'm also with "Remember Me," Coco. Um, I actually agree with James on a lot of the points for this is uh, me, but um, I, I honestly think that "Remember Me." Will, will be kind of the since it was kind of the central theme of that film as well it, it did hold a lot of meaning from start to finish um and it's just a very sweet original song i think yeah. um is as uh, my choice for that and it's pixar man mm-hmm.
1: true
0: but i've gotten burned by
2: pixar you songs before, <laughs> so that's why i'm like no nope, going with this is me playing it safe this year
0: um we're gonna move on now to best original score Nominees for this one are Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Let's go with you, Marco. Which one do you think original score-wise? The Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll
2: I'll stop doing that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't.
1: I can't. Uh, you know,
0: I have to tell you. <laughs> if we and were talking about like, this, why is it on here? We couldn't remember
2: <laughs> what the original song was from the the, the score. Like, You're what all was all
0: original? Kind from of it?
1: tweaked originals, uh-huh. but um, my my actual choice will be Dunkirk. Because a lot of what you were saying, James, the fact that it plays like a silent film and we're relying more on the sound effects and also the the score. Hans Zimmer, a lot of people, I've mentioned this before, I even said this in our uh, Dunkirk podcast, give him shit and think that he's a hack, but I disagree. I think he comes up with some of the most original sounds out there yeah. for someone who... Create scores. Who are these people that are telling you this? Is terrible I, people. Just some some people that I know. I'm like, yeah, I, I, like don't, I, up I don't look at and say you. names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The great John Williams is also really good. And I'm sure there are other amazing composers, but Hans Zimmer. So we, just this is LaPaz. Have we all agreed Star Wars is not taking home any
0: Oscars? Yeah, no, I it's not. So. Oh, yeah.
1: It never does anyway. So you never know. I was here. I'm going to take the gun. Uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Dunkirk. The f- the very fact that they used Christopher Nolan's stopwatch as part of the score and kind of add to that the tension. Th- that yeah, the tension, <laughs> so much tension. I think was really cool and very original. So that's my reasoning. That's my choice. Thanks. And uh, what about Unibo?
2: For me, uh, it was Phantom Thread. And let me tell you.
1: No, that's a
3: good. Yeah, it's, it's
2: really good. And I, and I think um, I, I was trying to go through each one and trying to remember how the sounds were. And what really sold it for me was a Funny or Die video that they showed. Of. <laughs> Have you, guys, you guys know Zoolander, Mugatu? Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Was, they were splicing it as if Mugatu was uh, Daniel day character. And as soon as the music started playing. Wasn't even room. My wife heard it from a from a distance. and said, "Are you watching Phantom Thread?" I was like, <laughs> "That's the one right there." So original. He's like fiend.
0: <laughs> um, right off the bat, all of these, all of the four of them except Star Wars, all of them have fantastic scores. Um, Dunkirk's great. Phantom Thread's great. Shape was great. Three Billboards has a really good one it too. Does. That's uh, rem- throughout the entire film and actually plays through. And um, ultimately, though, I'm going with Shape of Water. I thought that was the absolute best score. I think it sets the mood because the main character, played by Sally Hawkins, cannot speak in that movie, and the score is kind of what gets you through those moments with her and the monster, and I thought it was very touching on that one as well. It just worked for me. It worked with the atmosphere of the film, and I think ultimately that one will win.
1: Yeah, when she brings the record player and actually shows the music. Yeah, I can see that one taking this this as well, so I'd say it's a close second for me. All right, moving on to our next category, we have uh, Best Animated Feature. And the categories, or the nominees, excuse me, for this one are The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. And let's start this off with you, Nabil. What do you think
2: is going to take this category? Well, I was surprised that they didn't include Captain Underpants in that, but they put Boss Baby in its place. That seemed really odd to me. I, I'm shocked they didn't do uh, Lego
0: Batman, but they also oh, did do yeah. Lego Movie. Yeah. So
1: the it, apparently the Academy hates the Lego movies. Yeah, apparently. Wow, maybe it's because they uh, got burned for Solo. <laughs> it's the <a> same. <saying. laughs> I don't know.
2: Damn. Um <laughs> So, but my, my uh, pick was the Pixar film Coco. Um, to be honest, uh, after watching it, it just visually looked great. Um, I don't I don't know of any other film that I think could really beat that. But maybe uh, uh, it's a bias towards Pixar as well on um, this category.
0: I called it three months ago. It's Coco. <laughs> There's no other discussion on this one, guys. <laughs> Boss Baby's terrible, by the way. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I cannot it believe that was nominated. I was surprised. I Breadwinner is another solid movie from that uh, studio, and it's produced by Angelina Jolie. Ferdinand, I heard, was decent, and then Loving Vincent is also a movie that's very artsy. It's done as like a moving painting, so yeah. I, I, yeah. I I appreciate that.
1: But Let's, I'm going to tell you good. right now, Coco is definitely winning this one. I chose Coco as well. Hands down. Don't get me wrong. I heard uh, good things about Loving Vincent as well, too. Yeah. How original it was. I mean, how it's the a animation... big,
2: one big Van Gogh painting. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, yeah it's cool. Awesome. I get it. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, Ferdinand, I can see maybe winning this one. The animation looked all right. but nah, John nah. Cena's in it. Done. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Bring I house forgot about that. that much. I'm like, next. Yeah, okay. Coco, all the way. I think we're all in agreement on this one.
2: The next category is Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. So Marco, what was your pick there?
1: My pick for this one, it was kind of tough because there were three that truly caught my eye. Three and, caught my eye as well. Yeah. The one I really wanted to pick because I'm a huge fan of it was Logan. That's yeah, the man. one I want to win. What I think will win, though, is Mudbound. Hmm. That movie is just phenomenal. The themes and the story, I think, resonate with today. And it's such a great story. I'm not, I'm not going to explain what it is. But anyway... It, it, it was such a good story. The way it was told, the way it progressed, everything about it really captivated me. And there's not a lot of action in this movie at no. all, but the, the screenplay had a lot of meat to it, and I really enjoyed that. It, kept, it captivated me. So I got to say, uh, Mudbound will take this one. Very nice. Yeah. James. I had three that could possibly win this, so that's
0: why I was like, man, I, I'll make an f- official, official pick. Like I could even see Molly's game winning. Just it's a good movie. Yeah. They love that Sorkin. Mm-hmm. They love that Sorkin in Academy Awards. Um, my two it's between the two, but I have an ultimate pick. I could see the disaster artist winning. Um that's a very good adaptation of a movie. Um That was my third pick. Yeah, that one is really well done, but ultimately I think it's gonna be Call Me by Your Name. Call Me by Your Name is a, a based on a book that came out 40 or 50 years ago. It's Mm -hmm. taken a very long time to adapt. Um, Apparently, this is a very um, close representation of the screenplay itself. I mean, the screenplay itself is is close to the novel. Um, It's a beautiful story. It has a lot to it. There's an underlying factor between relationships and growing up and coming of age. And I think, ultimately, the themes of this one are favored by the Academy a lot of the years. So I feel like this one's going to take it.
2: And, you know what's funny is I also uh, chose "Call Me by your name and it's for the same reason um, after reading up on it too, seeing that it wasn't a film that um, or it was it was a book that was very difficult to try it's to adapt to make, and many yeah, people yeah. have tried and just could never make it past the writing the initial writing <laughs> of <oven>. it <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and the story itself um, is 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 like James said it, it's I mean, the story is a wonderful story, but this is Oscar bait. Like this kind of film is like what the Oscar looks for. Yeah, um, true. and and um, though it's been nominated in quite a few categories, I think for sure um, the fact that it um, was able to get translated, translated so well to film, um, definitely gives it a good chance of winning adapted screenplay.
0: Okay, so going on, we're moving to the best original screenplay. <laughs> And the nominees for Best Original Screenplay, we have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, Nabil, just moving on, because you ended it there, Uh, moving into original type, which one do you think would probably take this one?
2: There are a lot of good categories in here. There There are a lot of good nominees. um, Yeah. And it was really hard. I was very happy to see The Big Sick nominated, by the way. Same. Uh, Same. uh, Because that's very good movie. Very good movie. Um, But ultimately... Um, I think Get Out is um, my choice for original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the fact that it's uh, a horror film um, that is like no other, a very different type, and I'd consider it some more of a thriller, but they call it a same. horror film. Yeah, same. You know, um, the a lot of the underlining, um, you know tones of uh racism about society about you know being accepted even on, and mind you on the left side not the right side you know just more liberal a so- view. social commentary right a lot of good mm-hmm. social commentary um the the writing was smart it, the pacing was well like everything fit really well um in this film and um i really think that get out was is, is a much more unique thing um in, in the list of categories here that we just hadn't seen in quite some time
0: uh yeah no, I totally agree. Uh, Marco, what about
1: you? I had two very close favorites. I want Get Out to win. I want to be wrong in this category. This is one where I want to lose, so I'm not going to go all in, all <laughs> 24 on this one. You never do that. <laughs> but uh, I want Get Out to win. I hope it does. Because of all the reasons that you said, Nabil, it's, uh, again, it's original screenplay, so the originality of it, the new themes it brought up, uh, how it mixed it in with hor- uh, horror-slash-thriller themes, uh, just... Really great. And I saw it again recently, like about a month ago on HBO. It's streaming right now, FYI. Um they don't pay and us I for just, that. <laughs> I just for just remembered how great of a movie it was and how well I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh but I also went with uh the big sick. Um the fact that it it touches on modern relationships yeah. and it's very different from your usual romantic drama, and I brought this up uh, on a previous pod, but I think it brings up just modern issues in that area that I think aren't touched upon nowadays. The fact that it sort of flips on you in the middle of the movie as well and just touches on just some deep-seated issues. Uh, And I enjoy enjoy the story overall. So for me, it could go either or with these two movies, but I uh, ultimately went with The Big Sick. Nice. Um, I was torn between the same two as well, guys.
0: It's Both are really, really good movies. Um, I ultimately went with Nabil's Choice, Get Out. I think this is the category it's going to shine in right here. Um, very original story. Um, I like the mix of horror, the mix of suspense, thriller mm-hmm. in there. Um, it's a very kind of 2017 movie. Like that movie, like I talked about oh, before, mm-hmm. that's the movie that kind of defines Especially that year. the start of yep. the year. Right? Yeah, so, and I think... This It'd be cool to see Jordan Peele go up on stage, mm-hmm. too. So I was like, that'd be nice. Same. Um, I can see Get Out or the Big Sick winning, though. So really, it's between the two. Yeah, um, and out of nowhere, it's like Shape of Water wins. You're like, <laughs> oh shit, okay.
1: Just because these two guys, you know, they're made all seen great. as comedic actors, yeah. yeah. You know, and they do comedic work, and for them to take on serious subjects and excel at them Though, is
2: great. The one of the weakest points, and James had brought that up too. For the Big Sick was the comedy aspect comedy. of it. The first, That's ha- why first half I of the think film,
0: I true. Ultimately, picked true. Get Out because yeah. I think it's a more consistent screenplay overall. But truthfully, yeah. all five movies in this sure are good. great movies. So. Uh, but overall, I went with know, uh,
1: Okay, and the next category is Best Actor in a Supporting Role. So the nominees for this category are Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, all the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, also for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And let's start with you, James. What do you think is going to take this category? Or this who do you think is going to take yeah, this category? All of them.
0: <laughs>
3: um,
1: first off, everybody on this
0: list was fantastic. Oh, yeah. This is one of the years where, a at list. least for Best Supporting Actor, I'm like, man, solid one. Who I could see winning, I ultimately went with Sam Rockwell. That's who I want to win. I think yeah. Yeah. Event, this is his to take. He is absolutely fantastic in three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, playing a racist cop that you, like Nabil had talked about before, (laughs) has a redemption story to it, and you can feel for the guy. Um, Great performance. I think it's time, but I could see Willem Dafoe winning this, by the way. Oh, yeah? Just to let you know. Because the Florida Project, he is absolutely phenomenal in that role. The Academy tends to... Um, for older actors, too, to award them because they've been nominated a few times. For all the work they've done, too. Yeah. yeah, so he's never won one, and now that he's been nominated for this really good one, this happens all the damn time. Because I remember a couple years back, um, uh, the, the guy from uh, Bridge of Spies won. Nobody thought he was oh, going to yeah. win. And it was like, man, it's because he was an older actor and he finally right. got his, his time in the sun, and they're like, let's give it to him. But you know, but sometimes it doesn't work like that. Like Mickey Rourke didn't win for the wrestler. Should have. he should have. And well, yeah. you
2: know, his career is right back to where it was before that film. Nowhere. Yeah, I know. Sorry, damn. He had a good like two years. of he Like, did.
0: damn, he's he's starting to do good stuff. Um, but truthfully, I'm gonna go with Sam Rockwell. It could change before uh, March 4th, but we'll see. But for now, that's my pick.
3: All right,
2: Nabil, who do you think is gonna take this category? I want Sam Rockwell to win. I think um, <laughs> out of the people in this category, he's probably his story and how he portrayed the character was was probably the overall best. But I think. Christopher Plummer from All the Money in the World will win. Out of spite? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a yeah. few reasons because there's a lot of politics in, in the Oscars, yeah. and one of it's despite Kevin Spacey, but also the amount of time that he spent in that uh to do that film in the short period of time. Ten days. Right. And was able to nail the really role. Good, yeah. To come in and, and say I could do it. Better. As if Kevin Spacey was <laughs> yeah. never there, you know? Exactly. So I think I think and, and just like James said, the whole, you know. The senior guy, been doing it for a while, hasn't really won many awards. Um, Christopher Plummer fits in that bill as well. Um, so he, he has won. He has, one, though, though. He for, has won for
1: um, his
0: film with Ian Mcgregor, Beginning. Yes. So he recently he won that uh, within the last ten years. So yes. there's a, could be, one oh, of them. I but I that. think that
2: might be the controversial choice for the Oscars. Um, and again, I, I think if anything, it'd be out of spite. I see. Both your guys' arguments. I can see Willem Dafoe
1: for just a lifetime achievement of roles and the fact that he has earned it and hasn't won one yet. And I can also see the Academy giving Kevin Spacey a big fuck you (laughs) and doing that. And the fact, again, Christopher Plummer could do it in like two weeks and still outperform the previous guy, Mm -hmm. I think holds a lot of weight. But I want Sam Rockwell to get it. It's, he's a personal favorite of mine. I love his work. And it would just be great to see him up on stage giving that acceptance speech. I don't it? think he's going to get it. <laughs> but I, I'm going Sam Rockwell. Let's go. No, you got
0: to see this movie, Marco. You will be like, yeah. Yeah, be probably gonna so, yeah.
1: Truth be told, I haven't seen the movie. But I chose Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell because I am a huge fan of his. You think and he, I always keep thinking he'd get up there and he'd he, like his characters. He'd be like, fuck is this?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the next category is actress in a uh, supporting role. The nominees are Mary J. Blige in Mudbound, Allison Janney, Itania, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. So Marco, what was your choice for that? I got to go with Mary J. Blige, Mudbound. Her
1: performance was on points. Every scene with her in it, she owned it. And it's kind of personal, but it was just very reminiscent of my own mom. Just how motherly she was in her Definitely. scenes for her family. How she did self-sacrificing things for her family, too, to support them. And I just, I didn't see Mary J. Blige. I saw the character. That's that's who I saw. And I, I was I was thrown back. Because, you know, whenever a musician does a role, you don't always expect them to be immersed into the movie. And you feel like it's going to be a distraction. Like, oh, you're a musician playing somebody. But, but no. No, she owned the character. I enjoyed her performance. And... Think I think her, she. Uh, I, I, I think she deserves it. You think I it's your Jennifer
2: it. Hudson moment?
1: A Jennifer Hudson <laughs> moment. Wow. Um, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can take it there, but.
2: <laughs> but yeah, Mary J. Weiss
0: did a lot better than she. Yeah,
2: way better. Just saying. Go so. ahead, James. What about you? You know, um,
0: <laughs> it's between two for me here. It's either going to be Allison Janney and I, Tonya, or Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. Laurie Metcalf did amazing in Ladybird as the mom. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very relatable. The arguing... I love the scene where her and Saoirse Ronan's character are arguing in the thrift store and then immediately just talk about the dress. And the fact that she sacrifices so much behind the scenes for her daughter. I really like that. And she does such a great job. Uh, ultimately, though, I think Allison Janney's going to win for I, Tonya. Uh She plays uh, Tanya's mom. And she's an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> and... Um, it reminds me of like how um Monique won for Precious. Yeah. A few years back, because the Academy loves terrible terrible people that play women or mother figures. It appears it appears to be. It's like, damn, they really got into character. And especially <laughs> They really know like, how to play a piece of she, shit. She no. uh, also Jenny is absolutely in character this in one. She's does non-recognizable. She has the ugliest haircut I've ever seen. <laughs> oh She's a God. chain smoker that has a pet parrot and I loved every one of her scenes. I think every scene she's in in that movie, she's a scene stealer. And yeah. She's absolutely fantastic. I think I'll, I think she's going to win. Yep.
2: I, I feel the same exact way. Um, it was, for me, the same thing between Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney, and, Janie and I, I went with Allison Janney. Same exact reasons. Um, every time you see her on screen, I think she honestly... Um, did she was the movie more than um Marco the, robbie. margot robbie was yeah, I to agree. be honest <laughs> um so i i feel that she'll i hope larry metcalf wins but honestly i think it's alice and Janie.
0: okay uh, moving on we have an actor in a leading role so for this one the nominees are timothy chalamet Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, and then Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel, Esquire.
2: Uh, Nabil, who do you think is going to take it? For the only last 45 minutes that I saw in that film, uh, it's Gary Oldman, uh, Darkest oh Hour. God. Sold <laughs> me as soon as I saw him. I was like, there's no other person <laughs> that could make uh, nail this role the way that um, Gary Oldman did in general. And yeah. um, compared to the other actors in the list. I mean, I'd mean, say easily is
0: um, best his performance best yeah, I think so. he's ever done. For sure. And uh, just like we had talked about too, this is this is his time to shine. Yeah. He's been nominated before, but he's never won. And I'm pretty sure this would be it. But mm-hmm. uh, Marco,
1: what do you think? I agree with the bill that I think the Academy is going to look at Gary Oldman. but I also think they'll look at Daniel Day-Lewis because he's sort of like walking away from the scene. So yeah, I, I, I think those yet. two are um, um, really two close candidates for this, but I got to go with uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. I enjoyed his performance in kind that first role. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> whoa. Dude, he, he was so good in that role. He's very personable. He was very enveloped in that role. I actually forgot that he was the guy from Black Mirror from season two. He's also British, so you know. Yeah, that's hard and I opinion. was like, "Oh wow, he's British." I can't even tell. You know, yeah. some of some of those guys, you can tell that they're hiding their accent. But overall, his performance is great. Uh, I think it was very a very unique character. He was able to perform on on spot. I don't have much experience with this guy, but he he caught my eye like really quick watching this movie, and he owned the role. I just think that he he deserves it.
0: He's not a bad actor, I'll give you that. Yeah. I didn't think anything was overly, like, too excitable for Dan Kalia. It's pretty amazing he actually got nominated for I, this one. I was
2: surprised he was nominated, too. I mean, he was great, but... A you surprised. try holding that face, James. <laughs> he I, does this, it in this, black. Answer, so apparently, that's <laughs> yeah. his face. That's his face. <laughs> um, this is uh,
0: Gary Oldman's, like I said, to win. He's won every award leading up to the Academy Awards. I think he's going to ace this and get 100% and not not lose. He won the SAG, he won the Golden Globe, everything. He won the BAFTA too. Yeah, he mm-hmm. just won the BAFTA. So this is his to win. So it's his to lose I guess in a way, but uh absolutely amazing his portrayal Winston Churchill is like we said, it's his best uh performance second to uh his role in the uh the Fifth Element. Oh man, that's such a great (laughs) Ross (laughs) kid. Next
1: to him being the Commissioner Gordon. (laughs) All right. And the next category is actress in a leading role. And the nominees are Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water. Francis McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie, I, Tanya; Sersha Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep, The Post. And let's start off with you, James. Who do you think is going to take this category? Definitely Meryl Streep. Just kidding. <laughs> How did she get nominated,
2: guys? Every time she gets nominated. <laughs> God, Meryl Streep, stop, please. Can we all just agree that she's definitely not on our list. Not even Tom Hanks was nominated, and if I had to choose between the two, I'd go with Tom Hanks for the Agreed. nomination. Agree. Yeah. He would have awesome. yeah. I
0: know I'm going off. Um, there's also, I could see ha- Sally Hawkins randomly winning this one. Don't get yeah. me wrong. She did a really good performance, uh, Very like says about a sentence maybe. Um, <laughs> this is definitely Francis McDormand is going to win this one for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Once again, leading up to it, not one. this doesn't always work, by the way, because obviously La La Land didn't do it. But she won every award leading up to this one as well. Her performance is absolutely fantastic in this movie. You feel for her character. She's gone through a very tragic event um she's very francis mcdormand in this one if that makes sense oh my sense, god single. yeah she is like she's very like yeah. tough nails and like doesn't take shit from but anyone but you feel for her at
2: the same time yeah
0: she's actually not she's not supposed to be just like sam rockwell a likable character no but both of them have their own story and their own path to the ending of this film that by the end of it you're like damn i'm like rooting for these people so the fact that it changed your mind throughout and the, she does show compassion, and when she does show compassion, it's some of the great scenes, mm-hmm. especially with her and Woody Harrelson. Um, I absolutely have to go with Frances McDormand on this one.
1: All right. Good choice. Nabil,
2: what about you? Well, I want Cher Cheronan to win because I thought that film; she was great in that film, but she's not going to. I'd be surprised if she did. I, I'm on the same page with uh, James Francis Mcgorman for sure. Um, th- I mean, the fact that you get a roller coasters of um, uh, emotions from yeah. her from start to finish, like you you and and you know the film does a really good job of telling the story and how it all rolls out. But really, for her specifically, just. Feeling like she's just a terrible person to being like, wow, that's really sweet. To like, oh my god, she did something terrible just right now, you know? And then like, exactly, I, right? Like, it just it was did she up just torch a building, right? <laughs> up and down wow. the, the whole time, and at at no point at the end of the film did I feel like I I really hate this character. I was like, she's great, you know. I feel for her throughout the whole thing. So yeah, uh, definitely Frances dormant for me. I gotta go with Sally Hawkins,
1: Shape of Water. I mean, she plays a character that's mute and she has n- no speaking lines except for I think there's that one sequence where she it's really like dream sequence yeah, yeah the dream sequence where that's she talks and she says but something. it's all through sign language and it, it still gets you into the movie and she she still shows conviction in the character oh, when yeah. she has that argument with her roommate guy and she's trying to get him to help her out and she's just super emotional. And very much into it, I I was like, wow, this is a great performance. No, she just did an excellent, excellent job. And I can only imagine what it's like to play a character that has no speaking lines and still be able to portray emotions and carry those out throughout an entire film and still be able to make it interesting. I, I think that that makes someone that much higher in rankings than someone who has speaking lines don't get me yeah. wrong i'm a fan of francis mcdormand too and i'm pretty sure that she nailed her role but i gotta go sally hawkins on this one
2: she'd also punch you in the face if you said that to her oh punch yeah guaranteed the... <laughs> yeah i'd, I'd
1: <laughs> let her i'd let her
0: it's like why do i want francis mcdormand because she's gonna talk some shit up there oh, on yeah, stage yeah. you already know it. and that's why casey affleck was like i'm good <laughs> he's like no i'll skip
3: this one
2: next category my favorite category is uh best director The nominees are Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water. So, Marco, what did you choose for this one? Fuck me, this is tough.
1: <laughs> I have... This is a tough one.
0: It's yeah, always a toss-up I, with yeah, directors.
2: There's always
3: such a good one.
1: I have three. Um, I have who I want, who, who I think deserves to win, uh, who is a bias pick. And one that I think that also, I guess two that deserve to win. So I, I think Guillermo del Toro is, is a runner-up that deserves to win. I want Jordan Peele to win just because it's his directorial debut. And the fact that he was able to write a strong, compelling film that, like we've all said and agreed at this, at this table, defines an entire year. And even to this day, you think back on that movie and how impactful it was and how different it was from others in that genre says a lot, especially for a first time director and how he was able to switch genres from comedy to something more serious. Uh, That's pretty tough to do. And to do it right is another thing. But I also want Christopher Nolan to win because you all know I'm a huge fucking Christopher Nolan (laughs) Uh, fan and so that's my ultimate pick is Christopher Nolan but I also wouldn't mind if Jordan Peele ended up winning as well
2: very nice yeah.
0: James uh, for me it's between oh, God damn it, it's between three really um, I could see Christopher Nolan definitely winning because uh, as a director for this film he did fantastic he's yet to win this as well he's been nominated a few times uh, this one's really good. Uh, Greta Gerwig could win, too, for Lady Bird. Yeah. She's the first female-nominated uh, director in quite some time. Oh, uh, true. And um she did absolutely phenomenal for a movie. It's not technically her directorial debut, but it's been 10 years since she made a movie. And she's like our age, which is pretty awesome, too. <laughs> which makes me feel, you
3: know.
2: Very accomplished. It's a lot with my life.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: it makes you kind of... Uh reflect in your life yeah
0: and I think she did really well dialogue wise it's very relatable everything in that movie and the way that it was shot uh, like we talked about before at this table too is this it's located really close to where we are so there's a lot of themes in that movie that resonate with me especially after going to college and coming back and doing this so this is <laughs> It's <weird>. great <laughs> ultimately though I think uh this is Guillermo del Toro's time to shine I think he's finally gonna win He's going to win this direct uh, for a monster movie, a romantic monster movie. And wouldn't I, and wouldn't I, mind him winning this one either. I, and I love that that he might win. Um, <laughs> leading up to this as well, just since I've been talking about it, the last four different topics, he's won almost all the awards leading up to this for Best Director. So yeah. that's why I'm leaning toward it. Although I think as a dark horse, I think Christopher Nolan has a really good chance of winning too, though.
2: Yeah. Honestly, same page as you, James. Um, but... I I'm picking Guillermo del Toro as well. I think that um, the film itself, the way he put everything together, the way it looks, the from you know the lack of writing and the this mm-hmm. you know the the characters that he built on this, it, it's a very good uh, romance film story. Um, and you know there's monsters in it, and he still he, made it very haunting. You know, it's his, very He's low. had
0: his his own flair to yeah. it, which yeah. he's done throughout his career. It's what I appreciate. Yeah. All right, now, moving on to our final uh, category here. It's Best Picture. And the nominees are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri.
1: Uh, Marco, who did you
0: uh, who do you think is going to take home best picture?
1: Uh, I say, man, this was pretty tough. Well, not really. Well, yeah, it was kind of tough. I had three that I wanted to choose, but ultimately went with The Shape of Water. Got to go with my dude Guillermo de Toro, who I also think could win, Dunkirk. I could there's a dude, there's a couple on here that could be out in Phantom Thread. So those are some other ones that I think could win. But I gotta go with the Shape of Water just because of how different it is from many of the
2: movies that are on the list.
0: Cool. Uh what about you, Nabil?
2: For me, uh it it was a little difficult, but honestly, um three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um that was the one film that I saw this year or uh, last year that was just it had everything there for me, a lot of twists and turns that I didn't expect, um, the way they were telling the story, the the flashbacks that they did a little bit, um, some of just the scenes of them driving or, you know, the scenes of just uh, scenes of the billboards, you know, um, some of the scenes of things being burned, <laughs> you know, there's always just something that uh, was to me unique and it fit well together overall um, and had a lot of aspects of um, everything that was... Uh, Characteristic of the other films there Um, and overall told I think a really solid story as well. Nice.
0: Yeah, so I'm with Marco I think there there could be a couple truthfully Um, I could see shape of water winning. I don't think it will because um, the Academy doesn't tend to like Monster movies You know,
1: but it's technically not just a monster movie. (laughs) However, I can can see that argument I can can see the argument, but it's just man Um, the story though I could
0: see Get Out winning. That'd be a crazy, crazy upset for some of these other ones, but it's won some awards, and it, like we talked about throughout this entire pod, it's a, a movie that very much speaks for our times now. Um, ultimate, though, I'm going with the Bill three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think we'll take home Best Picture. It's one of those movies, just like Nabil said as well, that resonates with me as well. Um, I keep thinking of that scene with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. in the barn mm-hmm. and it's like oh uh, such a powerful scene
1: the fact that it, it's it's so inspiring that some people are even using that method for political movements now as well too so that says something yeah. the, the the strength in the messages that that movie carries over
2: anybody else surprised that the post was nominated just saying kind of kind I of a am. weird choice yeah once
0: again a- go back three pods or two pods <laughs> we enjoyed the
1: post yeah. it's a good movie it's just not oscar caliber movie <laughs> yeah it's 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 very it's a very flat movie it's
2: blockbuster rental saturday you know what i mean yeah, you know good actors just uh, the story was very thin and you know where was the new york times it's not compelling enough yeah
0: they just saw spielberg and they're like fuck it it
2: <laughs> wasn't even nominated <laughs> they're like hmm, they're
3: like
0: logan what no we're good so um yeah overall i think uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri will win It's a solid film. I think it was absolutely fantastic, absolutely well-performed. And I think that's what's going to go home with the little gold, man. All right, so that is the Movie Pals 2018 Oscar predictions. Challenge us, if you will. Yeah, challenge us. We are going to have our ballots set, like we said, uh, Saturday, the night before, uh, March 4th. We'll be going over um, our picks as well. They might change, so be on the lookout because I know we were a little iffy on some. And I know we didn't go over certain ones. So There's a couple categories we didn't go over. We will have those randomly picked. Let's face it. We're probably just going to try to get some help on those. Because, um, yeah, we're not going to watch every documentary probably. Or foreign film. Probably no. not. <laughs> or maybe we will. Maybe we'll challenge you guys. Maybe we're crazy. Maybe we're going to watch 15 more movies before then. I'm a little burned out on Oscar films. I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> Ask these guys. I've watched about six fucking horror films this last week. Just yeah, James has been uh, the going down his little rabbit hole again. He's not the same man he was before. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking a few hits for us. Got the crazy mind. All
0: right, so let's move on to our review of Black Panther. I waited my entire life
1: for this. The world's going to start over. I'm going to burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world.
0: T'Challa, the King of Wakanda, rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation, but his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. Uh, The film is directed by Ryan Coogler, who also directed Fruit Rail Station in 2013 and Creed in 2015, and it stars Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger, and Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Um, So just... Quick one here, guys. Uh, did you guys like the film or no? Starting with uh, Marco.
1: I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought it's one of Marvel's best films. Uh, from start to finish, the film is very different and sort of breaks the common trend of all the other Marvel movies where it's just action and then... Some quip here, quip here. I mean, there were quips in the movies, but I think they were seeded and embedded better in this movie than in most recent Marvel movies, with the exception of the Captain America movies, because those are actually pretty damn good. Um, the story was compelling, was thrilling, was very um, relevant to today, and the performances were just amazing all around. Uh, The visuals were great as well. Loved the action. Um, All the visual effects weren't exactly perfect, but it's forgivable because I think the story carries more weight than anything else. And I like the fact that it was a self-contained movie. There were very little hints that it was part of a larger universe. But all in all, it was just all on its own. It could stand on its own without really needing to reach out and hold on to the rest of the Marvel movies nice and that's another Uh, thing
2: I really appreciated what would you think yeah I I agree with that last statement there um that the fact that it was able to stay as a uh, standalone film um really except for the easter eggs here and there like really you could have just seen a superhero film with that and would have been fine yeah um I think the the villains was strong um that the motivation was relatable for once um and I think that the overall kind of story it was—it was kind of like a spy movie almost, which I really like. Almost, you know, a little more campier, but not a serious spy movie. But still, really good, like kind of James Bond-esque, where they're showing the little gadgets and the things with the suit and all mm-hmm. that. It's really traveling the, world kind yeah, of thing. traveling the world, yeah, traveling the world. And, you know, it's got some of the obligatory superhero tropes, like, you know, the mandatory person that everybody cares about who who dies and everybody yeah. who's, uh you know, the bad guy eventually, you know, is in charge and is, is a bigger threat than you thought it was going to be. And the love interest. The love interest. A little distant like, at first. Yeah, some of the same tropes, but not necessarily a bad thing. It fits really well. Um, the characters, I think, overall, you get their motivations, except for one I still am a little iffy on. Um, but uh, otherwise... Um, I thought it was a great film, a great addition to the Marvel film, um, and definitely one of the top five, I think, of of, of the films um, that have had the 17 films so far.
0: Yeah, no, I liked it a lot, too. I thought it was a really uh, good origin-like story, although this isn't our first uh, foray with uh, Black Panther. We got that with Civil War. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the storyline quite a bit. I think uh, Chadwick Boseman does really well as yeah. T'Challa. I like um, the kind of strength he gives the character. Uh, I, I really liked Michael B. Jordan in this one as well, as Killmonger is the bad guy. Um, definitely one of the stronger bad guys, uh, as we talked about previously. Uh, Marvel films seem to kind of struggle with having a, a good villain. They always have really cool yeah. heroes, and I think that's something where the DC films do a little better on, is with a bigger looming threat, although I will say that this one wasn't on a scale as large as like a Loki right. kind of bad guy. I did like um, the bad guy overall and the motivations of why he's doing what he's doing. And uh, Michael B. George is super cool too. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think his coolness kind of bleeds into this character and adds a lot more to it. Um, I appreciated all the women that are in this film as well. So like we said, Lupita Nyong'o is his uh, love interest, Nakia. She does really well. Uh, Denai Guerrera is his... Uh, Royal guard kind of her, her name's Okoye and she's really a very strong character as well and very protective and she's all for the throne and of
1: course his sister Letitia Wright yeah, killed it yeah she was really good Shuri. Too. she was just yeah fantastic and stole the scenes whenever her lines were present I think that she added an excellent element of, of comedic relief in some of the scenes. And it didn't feel forced either. It felt natural and part of the, the story, which is something that some of the recent Marvel movies haven't really been doing a, a good job at. So Yeah, yeah and um, I think it all works together well. I'd say that
0: uh, truthfully, out of everything, it's, it's strange because the Black Panther himself is the least interesting character at of everyone. Yeah, very true. Um, it's the supporting roles that are really well and the villain. But uh, like I said, it's a really good um, self-contained story. It yeah. has the small connections, uh, like Klaus, why, why is he missing his arm, right? You, you'd know if you saw Avengers Age of Ultron. Yep. And then in spoilers, I'll go over what I didn't really like as much, but that gets spoilery. <laughs> so I will wait on that. Uh, anything lastly on this one before we jump into spoilers, guys?
1: No, I, I, I agree with everything that you said and the bill said too. Uh, I was really excited to see Michael B. Jordan as well in this role and seeing him get a little bit... More exposure. I mean, obviously, he was in Creed, and that gave him, you know, some exposure. But yeah. seeing him in a in a different role and as uh, as a villain was great. A compelling villain that actually drew to the story. I think I agree with you. Where he wasn't as as big or over daunting as as Loki. I think he, I saw him more kind of like as a Winter Soldier in Captain yeah. America: Winter Soldier, where mm-hmm. he was a solid, self contained villain for the story, and I kind of like that too because then. You know, no one's really asking any questions of where were the rest of the Avengers to help <laughs> yeah. him out. But it kind of it, kinda, it yeah. makes it centralized to the story, and he's definitely up there with those top three villains: Loki, Winter Soldier, and uh, Erik Killmong- Killmonger were probably like my favorite Marvel villains right now. We have yet to see Thanos, so we'll see about that. Yeah, I really like the Vulture too. Yeah, oh yeah. oh yeah, see, I keep I keep forgetting to include. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Like, I still see it as, as like it's a Sony property. Mm-hmm. It's too new, guys. Yeah, it's a Sony property, but you know what? Yeah, those top four right there.
2: Well, if it, at the end, if there's any reason anybody should see this film, uh, you get the rare opportunity of being able to see Angelo Bassett, who plays T'Challa's, uh mom, smile, because she never smiles. So that's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> damn. <laughs> she dude. plays more like a serious character she's, and all She's like, always yeah.
2: somebody in a, in a film or a TV show that looks like you don't mess with her because she will burn your house down. Yeah. and Because she's done that. Well, a car, but still. Um, Waiting takes help. Yeah. But, you know, she does smile. So that's great, too. Yeah. she yeah, She's yeah. good.
0: She's good. Um, but like Dibble said, my last little statement is, it is predictable. Um, that's the one thing. There was nothing that was... Threw me off at all. Like, I knew how the... Halfway through, you know how yeah. the movie's gonna end. Yeah. But that's all the Marvel films at this point, except maybe Winter Soldier, so... And, that, and that's what yeah. makes those movies a lot more special, you know? But um, solid film, solid entry. I think it's only gonna get better with the... Um, probably gonna do sequels of this. I'm looking forward to uh, Chadwick Boseman as well in the Infinity Wars, as the trailers have shown. Black Panther's featured pretty prominently, so... Well. looks like it's gonna be fun. So let's jump into spoilers. So if you don't want to listen to this, just like anything else, we're going to play a little clip here. So just skip ahead on the timesheet to the outro. Stop listening to us. All right. So spoilers uh, in the spoilers section. Um, anything you guys want to talk about that didn't work for the film or that you did enjoy in the film that would would have spoiled it before. I, I
2: my my one motivation thing I didn't get was Daniel Kaluuya's character uh, Um I because there's a line in there where they're talking about like put a potential threat and saying you know that he goes and tells uh, T'Challa Chadwick Bolson's character you know that. If you told me to do this, then I would go in the battle for you. But otherwise, no, why would I want to? This is what we have to fight for our home, you know? And then all of a sudden, Killmonger comes in and he just kind of flips. And there's no real motivation outside of, you know, that he sees that Killmonger... I get that Killmonger did what uh, T'Challa couldn't, which was um, kill Ulysses, uh, Andy Circus's character. But really, I didn't think that was a big enough motivation... Even if they though they tried to trickle that in a bit to say that I'm gonna flip the script and now I'm gonna go and be loyal to this king because um, he's gonna go and make us public. And I the would have liked him, to know. see more confrontation, I, yeah.
0: especially because the two are supposed to be best friends.
1: Right. I. I. Yeah. So I can. I, I can see it. I can see it. I don't agree 100. percent I can see it. I think it was kind of light, but I also see why he was able to flip. Like they made it a point to show us that. Claw escaping and even making a dent, a small dent on Wakanda, was a big failure for everyone because they they favor their uh, their isolationism. They thrive on that, and that sort of like exposed them in a way, and it's like a big deal to them. Like to us, it doesn't matter because we don't, you know, that's that's right. a foreign thing to us. But that's how like their culture lives and everything, and so it was a big wound to them. Plus the fact that dude murdered his parents and he even says so. And so it's like a a huge... motivation thing. It's a huge sting. And here you have your best friend saying, you know what? I'm not going to fail you. On the very first try, Mm -hmm. he doesn't... This is where I think where T'Challa's leadership sort of fails. It's like you didn't tell him exactly what happened, but he just told him, no, he slipped away. And that sort of made his best friend sort of like come back and be like, dude, I'm trying to support you. I didn't challenge you on leader day. See, but I wish so, we had seen
0: right. that. Yeah, right. We get yeah. his blank face like, okay. And then he turns around. Guy shows up. He's like,
1: cool. Yeah, but you <laughs> know what? Sometimes over-explaining... For me, sometimes a little bit of over-explaining is a little too much. Where he's, just I'm not little, even saying I were explaining. I just would have liked more confrontation. Yeah. I yeah. just,
0: yeah, yeah, I you know, just wanted it, to really... like. None.
2: I can get where they were trying to get, uh, get at, yeah. but it just seemed like they just... Didn't really make it so impactful. It's, it's It was it was a Star Wars True. effect. The last Jedi. Yeah. Word. yeah. If yes. you just kind of told him, I thought nothing then this would of, have happened. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it yeah.
1: would it would have been just better to 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 what James is saying. I think it would have been better. Yeah. If they probably would have had like a big argument and a big yeah. fallout, or they just like get into heated argument and just leave kind of like that unresolved, and that leaves his loyalty up in the air.
0: Uh, so he yeah, was going to kill I his wife,
2: that. you know. So like he went <laughs> hey, a bit <bitter> hey. <laughs>
0: He rode a rhino. Okay, <laughs> relax. He stopped. She li- the rhino. Even was like, "No, we're good." <laughs> and he licked her. I like that.
1: True. The only other hint that we get is when they're talking to the council after, you know, a big event happens, and he, uh, he says to the the council that uh that the world is catching up to yeah. their technology, that they're advancing, that they'll become a threat, and so he. He shows his fear of the outside world, his xenophobia, I guess, so to speak, or something like that. Oh, I don't know if that's the proper word, but his just his fear of becoming the conquered instead of the conquerors. And yeah, it was light, but I I can see where where that um, didn't carry that that far. Um, Only thing of mine, I guess, just two things. I think Martin
0: Freeman's character was unnecessary entire plot. Yeah, um, I agree. He but could have just been in that scene where he met up with him in the casino. That was I, the James Bond moment for
2: me. way. yeah, that was the James Bond yeah. moment. But I, you know, I agree with that. And Martin Freeman doesn't need to be there. But I think it also kind of adds an extra element of saying the guy well, out of his element. You know, where in a lot of other films it's usually some random character, maybe like a woman, is put in and saying, "Oh, I don't get He's this." He's the world. guy to He's... explain
0: to the audience, of
1: yeah. like, this is how vibranium
0: works." Exactly.
2: Just a <laughs> random. If, not, if we just talked about it random, it'd be really weird.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's also there. It's, he, well, he's also there to kind of show how they they bridge Wakanda into the into world. Like, world society as well. The
2: CIA always involved in something.
1: Well, he's gets introduced in, in Civil War and everything, yeah. and so was he in it,
3: Civil it, War? It, yeah.
0: Shit, I don't know. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I really Ross is the Civil guy yeah. that
1: that's in the CIA office where they're holding uh, the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier, shit. And, and then right, dude oh comes God, out, so it it shows the established relationship. And the trust that T'Challa is now gonna have in order to introduce Wakanda to the world, because yeah. otherwise, if they start to join the Avengers in Infinity War, it's like oh, I thought you guys didn't want anything. to do No, no, the no, world. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I do agree that his character was fucking weak as hell. They could <laughs> have definitely ing- need to rewatch the Phase Three movies. Yeah.
0: Goddamn yeah. guys. So he, yeah, he did. I did like that his whole part. little part with
1: the piloting thing was
0: cool. Yeah. yeah. But it could have been anyone. It,
2: it
1: could have been his sister doing that, dude. Really, he could have been out cold, in a coma, and then woken up. And what then, happened? It's almost, and like, then, it's almost like Marvel was like, hey, we need a white guy in here. So yeah. Like, Sorry. The, the very fact that they Martin saved Fried his life would be have been enough it. for him to be like, all right, bro, I'll introduce you to the United Nations. Come on. He
3: you know? could have done that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that even, I don't know. Whatever. It, it works,
0: though, for the most part. Yeah. And um, I just, I kind of wish we had more Killmonger.
2: A little bit. Is yeah. that weird to say? Like I feel no.
0: like how he comes in is really quick. I would have
2: liked a little more. I hope they do like a maybe like a prequel or something with him. Um, he could come back possibly too. Some... He's been resurrected in the comics before. It's yeah. so. true, and he's not necessarily. I mean, he's dead, and that's what it's kind of seems. Because I like but, that scene at yeah. the end where he finally brings him up to see the sunset. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really good moment, it's a good and redemption thing. For I
0: wish there was more interactions between him and T'Challa. Than the ones that we see yeah and that's why I was saying like it's predictable and the first half for me was just like uh, but that second half is great mm-hmm.
1: yeah as soon as Killmonger is introduced the movie changes tempo and I love every Killmonger scene really same yeah. he owns every freaking scene he's a likable character because he's not necessarily your basic bad guy that's just I'm here to rule the world or anything you kind of are rooting for him in a sense, where you're like, oh, he kind of, you know, he kind of has a point. You guys are still so stuck in your old ways and are blind to what's going on in the rest of the I world. Don't, I don't. He's I don't, sympathetic. Yeah, I didn't agree with him sending weapons to
2: everyone. No, yeah. no, no, he, no. Like, the you, goal, you, not you the method. Yeah, of, yeah, you
1: you agree with what he says, but not the actions that he takes yeah, because yeah. of what he says. Yeah, Exactly. And he's he's sympathetic, and I I do think that I would have enjoyed the movie even much. I mean, I did love the movie, but having more Killmonger in the movie would have been even better.
0: Yeah. I wanted him to save him at the end. I was like, go ahead, just do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they could bring Loki back for like six movies, I think they'll be able to bring yeah, back well, He's a god though, right? Yeah, oh, that is true. But there is Alien Tech, you know, that uh, could yeah, bring him going. back. Yeah, <laughs> like, Oh yeah, <laughs> He ain't come back. Uh, last uh, wording word on this, guys? Marco? Just the only things that I didn't like about it. Um... Some of the visual effects weren't perfect on it, uh, specifically with in some of the Wakanda scenes when Killmonger and Black Panther are fighting in middle of the air. The kind of handout shots looked a little, a little weak, which are, are forgivable. This I is I would Kugler's say been, first superhero movie, so
0: quite a bit of um, green screen too, yeah. pretty noticeable. Yeah. I was like, Nabil must be loving these drop backdrops. <laughs> I noticed that all the time. I was like, backdrop,
1: backdrop. backdrop. I was like, oh, but. I get it. But aside from that, um, solid movie for me. I recommend it. Go fucking see this movie. I've seen it twice already. I'll probably go see it a third time. Uh, just because, again, it's a nice breather from all the other Marvel movies that have been coming out with the exception of maybe Spider-Man and Captain America, which had some of their own flair to it. But... Um, Come on, Doctor Strange is great. Doctor Strange is good.
0: Yeah. I was okay, dude. <clears throat> My favorite face 3 movie. Yeah.
2: I mean, I also like that it was set in Oakland initially. It kind of starts in there. Yeah. Which is really cool for like a local barrier. That's, little that's area, Ryan Coogler doing it. Yeah. He's even so said he wanted neat. to
0: give a little shout out to the barrier.
2: Yeah. We have Ant Man in San Francisco and yeah.
0: we have this one in, in
1: mm-hmm. Oakland. I like that too, dude. It and kind of added a personal and touch. I'm
0: in San Francisco?
1: Hello? Why? Yeah. I don't know. So no. that added <laughs> a personal touch to me also being an Oakland native myself.
0: So Great movie overall. Check it out. Everybody's seen it. So no matter what we say here you've probably already seen it. All okay. right. It's but got an amazing you, soundtrack too by the way. Yeah, soundtrack. Oh, great soundtrack
2: fantastic. by the I I should mention that Kenneth Gamar did such a good job with the soundtrack. Um did. and they did so well integrating the music into the film like you just was feeling it every time yeah. something's happening like if there was a fight scene if they were just talking like you always were in the moment with them. The scene, mm-hmm. oh just my very last comic comment, the scene where Killmonger
1: takes the throne. Yeah. and that, that shot is is like spinning and you see him walking towards the council yeah. it's probably one of my favorite scenes. Right. It gives me chills every single fucking time. Awesome. So that is our review of Black Panther. And that
0: is the end of podcast number 17. Once again, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for all the feedback, the uh, response reviews. Uh, it's been really fun so far. We're going to have even more. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can uh, contact us.
1: You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod or tweet at us at moviepalspod. Make sure to give us any recommendations, comments, give us your thoughts, feedback. Uh, Just come at us and talk to us. We'll be more than happy to respond to whatever you guys have to say.
0: All right. And next time, tune in because we will be going over our Oscar results, who won as well. And And who who lost. lost. (laughs) And then a review of the new comedy film, Game Night. So until then, this is James,
2: Marco, and Nabil.
0: Have a good one.